Today on Locked on Ducks Hockey, the San Diego Goals extends their winning streak to five before finally falling to Tucson. All of this on today's Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings and salutations to all hockey fans out there. It is Thursday. It is a Locked On Goals episode, and you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, your colorful raconteur, on this lovely journey through the 2019-2020 AHL season because it is the variant of Locked On Ducks. It is Locked On Goals. But before we get into the goals and their winning ways, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And be sure to subscribe if you have not already. Also, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. Yes, there have been a lot of crossover episodes recently. Today is not going to be a crossover. In fact, this will be the only show coming up this week where there is no special guest. There is a particular reason why, and I'll get to that on the final segment of the show. With that said, let's get right into it. The San Diego Goals played three games last week. You're going to be seeing that a lot, by the way. San Diego has played the least amount of games in the American Hockey League, so there are going to be a bunch of weeks coming up where they're going to play three, maybe even four games during the week. So just keep that in mind. And once again, the San Diego Goals podcast will be every Thursday from here until likely the rest of the season. There might be one week where it's not on a Thursday. I will let you know about that when we get close to it. But let's begin with the game that happened last Friday at Pachanga Arena. That was Friday, January 17th, where San Diego would play the first place, Tucson Roadrunners. Tucson coming in with a spectacular first place record at the time. Tucson had a sterling 26-8-1 record, best in the American Hockey League by percentage. And we kicked things off in the first period where really there was just a lot of back and forth, not much going on. San Diego did get into penalty problems in the first Brendan Gooley got in for interference. Alex Broadhurst got in for tripping. And Tucson didn't really do much on those penalty kills. In fact, during those two penalty kills, you know, Tucson didn't get very many quality shots off. And I give credit to the San Diego defense once again for getting in the passing lanes, getting into those tough areas. Forecheck was excellent all weekend long for San Diego. And it really has extended back to the first three games that they won in January. The forecheck has been amazing. The structure for the San Diego goals has been fantastic. But when you talk about structure, look no further than the Tucson Roadrunners and the Arizona Coyotes in general. That whole system is perfectly executed to a T, where they have their plays done perfectly. They have their set rotations. Arizona slash Tucson is very set on all their lines, how they want to develop players, and it has paid off for them tremendously. Obviously, Arizona is doing very well in the NHL standings. They're one point behind the division leaders, which are the Vancouver Canucks. And Arizona, sorry, Tucson is in first place in the league as far as percentage points go. So Tucson had a very good first period, but so did San Diego. They neutralized each other defensively, although San Diego did get 14 shots on goal. They were not very high-quality shots. Not yet, anyway, because in the second period... Uh, Cam Deneen did get the first goal for Tucson, 4-19 into the game, to make it 1-0 Tucson. And then the penalties happened. Uh, San Diego found themselves on a 5-on-3 power play uh, just after Aaron Ness got a penalty for hooking, and then Dyson Mayo got one for hooking only 34 seconds later. So San Diego would go on the 5-on-3 power play, and they went with a pretty decent unit. 
Stop me if you've heard these names before. Chris Weidman, Josh Mahura, Troy Terry, Chris Mueller, who's now back, and Sam Carrick. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys that are former Anaheim Ducks, and you look no further than Troy Terry. Troy Terry coming back to San Diego has been a godsend for the goals. Troy Terry is a very top-line player in the AHL. He's someone that has contributed to the Anaheim Ducks this season, and Terry's a very good player, very solid, uh, tends to get open on the passing lanes. He finds those slots available more often than not, and the way he's played in Anaheim, he's a speedster. He's only 22 years old, and he's only going to get better. And just for my personal sake, I think Troy Terry's awesome because his birthday is also September 10th, just like your humble host here, also September 10th. So Troy Terry, you know, he's been solid on the power play lines as of late, and there was no exception on this night because on the five on three, Troy Terry got things started and pretty much every player got the puck on that power play. It ended up being Chris Weidman who would get the hard shot from about the point to get his ninth of the season to make it a 1-1 tie. And Mahura and Sam Carrick got the helpers on that one. Then only two minutes later, still on the power play, by the way, uh, there was it was a one-man power play, so it was a five-on-four now. And Maxime Comtois, the second power play unit, they would get a point as well. In fact, that power play line, Troy Terry was still out there somehow, and it was Isaac Lundestrom, Justin Kloos, and Maxime Comtois, who was also on that second unit. But Troy Terry kind of stuck around out there because of, I guess, a bad line change that happened. So Terry didn't get out yet. He was credited with the secondary assist just as he was going to leave the ice because he had played a long shift there. And Lundestrom got, this, got the primary assist. And Maxime Comtois, yes, the former Anaheim Duck, he gets his first goal of the season. For San Diego. So Comtois is now on the list of players that have scored for both Anaheim and San Diego. And Comtois gave the goals a 2-1 lead going into the second intermission. And in the third, it was all San Diego from there. Over Tucson, by the way. Tucson really stepped up their offense and defense. And I have to give a lot of credit here, as I usually do to the goalie. Kevin Boyle stood on top of his head during that third period. Tucson had dangerous chance after dangerous chance, and this is where Tucson really woke up and had some perfectly executed plays where they just had what I thought was a very close shot that just missed wide about halfway through, and another one that, you know, Boyle barely got a skate on, barely saved it. You know, Boyle had some spectacular highlight reel saves to preserve the lead. Josh Mahura would get his third of the season and the third of the game about halfway through the period to make it 3-1 goals. And then, with about 9 minutes left, Devin Cedaroff, he scored for San Diego as well to make it 4-1. And that would be your final score. San Diego beats Tucson once again. 4-1. How about that? San Diego won their fourth game in a row. And they've played pretty well against Tucson all season long. So I got to give credit to Coach Deneen for finding a way to beat the best team in the league. Not once, but twice this year. So good job to San Diego on that. Uh, first star of the game obviously went to Kevin Boyle. You know, he stood on top of his head. You could have given it to Josh Maher, who had two points. Sam Carrick had two points. But Kevin Boyle was the man in the third period. Tucson outshot San Diego 15-5. to five. And, and of those five shots, 
two of them were goals for San Diego. So I got to give credit to the goals as well. They were outshot 35-30. But of those 30 shots, they found some high-quality, high-danger chances. So that was San Diego's fourth one in a row. Their fifth one in a row came just a couple of... Or sorry, the following night at Bakersfield. San Diego was looking to, I guess overlap or overtake Bakersfield in the standings because at the time they were very even in the standings. We'll talk more about Bakersfield in a second. Uh, they were led by, you know, Jacob Stuckel, who had a goal uh, early in the first, but let's start in the first. Brendan Gooley, only a minute in, got his third of the season with the helpers from Comtois and Clues to make it a one nothing lead. Bakersfield would come right back with Stuckel's third of the season to tie it at one. But then with about 30 seconds left, and this is where San Diego really broke down and got a little bit lazy on defense there. And they were just kind of trying to play the puck, you know, play out the period. It did not work. Marcus Gronlund got his third of the season to make it a 2-1 Bakersfield lead. But then after a Logan Day double minor, and Logan Day really, (laughs) he had a good high stick there. It was a solid, you know, lot of blood drawn there. Kiefer Sherwood would get his 10th of the season to make it a 2-2 tie game. Another power play goal for the San Diego goals. Marcus Gronlund would come back to get his second of the game. Baco had a 3-2 lead going into the third. But here comes San Diego once again. Another two goals in the third period. That's becoming a trend lately where San Diego is really doing well in that final frame. Even though they got outshot once again. Of those shots, they were of the high quality variety. Sam Carrick got his 17th goal of the season. Troy Terry would get his second of the season for San Diego, and that would be their fifth win in a row. San Diego goals defeat the Bakersfield Condors 4-3. And this time, it was Anthony Stolarz that got the win for San Diego. So I got to give credit to both goalies. Kevin Boyle and Anthony Stolarz have done a fantastic job. Obviously, Stolarz representing San Diego in the AHL All-Star Classic. And with good reason, Stolarz had some very high quality stops, especially against Joe Gambardella. Uh, Gambo had a couple of fantastic looks in the latter parts of the game, and Stolarz just stopped him cold in his tracks. So once again, San Diego won games number four and five in a row against Tucson and Bakersfield. And after the first intermission, we'll talk about the Tuesday night game at Pachanga Arena. Would San Diego get their sixth win in a row? Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. San Diego had won five in a row, so can they make it to six games in a row? Yeah, that'd be a tough task because they're playing Tucson once again, and Tucson was playing with a chip on their shoulder as they had just lost to San Diego a few days prior to that. Tucson did play a game in Ontario that Saturday night, and Tucson got a bit of revenge, although the Ontario rain did play very tough against Tucson in a 2-1 overtime loss, so Ontario did get a point there. And you got to give credit to the rain, especially, you know, Matthew Volalta who had his best game of the season, but ended up with an overtime loss. And Tucson, they executed plays perfectly, especially in overtime. They were the faster team. They're the better team out there. Just going to put it out there. So we go into Tuesday night's game at Pachanga Arena. It was Taco Tuesday night. Mmm, yummy tacos. Yeah, I didn't have any tacos. (laughs) Oh, 
Okay, I will just say for the record, that is one of my favorite arenas of all time, especially for food, and especially for their amazing poutine. It is among the best in the league. The first few minutes of the game started off very slowly, just a lot of penalties on both sides. In fact, each team had three power play opportunities, but there was block after block after block. I mean, there were probably twice as many block shots as there were actual shots on goal because after one period, it was 6-6 to shots on goal. Kevin Hancock finally got one through for Tucson to make it 1-0 on kind of a broken play and a seen eye shot that really Kevin Boyle didn't have a chance to see. So that made it 1-0 Tucson. Over into the second period, Hudson Fashing would get his 15th of the season as Tucson began to really pour it on to make it 2-0 Tucson. And with about 13 minutes left, Blake Spears, he would go on a broken play, kind of short side. And really, Boyle had no chance on that one. He was left out to dry by pretty poor defense on that play to make it 3-0 Tucson. Crowd was getting pretty restless. But then with 9.24 left in the second period, Daniel Sprong got the loose puck in the neutral zone. And just as the Tucson power play had expired, and by the way, San Diego's penalty kill has been amazing this year. Uh, Tucson had four power play chances and didn't come close on any of them. San Diego was completely on top of their game as far as penalty killing goes. They had a couple short-handed shot opportunities, so I got to give San Diego credit for that. But they just could not get a shot to go in on the PK. So what happens? Well, Daniel Sprong had a penalty for cross-checking, and just as he left the penalty box... He got the loose puck, you know, in that neutral zone. So the Tucson power play had expired. He took the puck in and waited, waited for Aiden Hill to open up slightly on the two-on-one break. And that was the goal to make it 3-1 to one San Diego. Give Simon Benoit the assist on that one. So Daniel Sprong really just shot out of that penalty box. Scored San Diego's only goal of the period. And then with three and a half minutes left, Aiden Hill... He stacked the pads on a breakaway from Daniel Sprong. Sprong looking for his second goal of the game. And it got Aiden Hill right on the pads as he was laying down on his side to prevent that goal. And Sprong looked up to the heavens and kind of laughed and said, Really? Why? (laughs) Uh, With a minute and a half left, uh, Kiefer Sherwood, he stole the puck and began another two-on-one break with Mueller. But another unbelievable stop by Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill was very much on top of his game there. Uh, He made spectacular stop after spectacular stop. San Diego had 15 shots on goal in that second period, but it was still 3-1 Tucson. And in that third period, the goals were getting more blocked shots and taking more shots on goal. But Aiden Hill, you know, making some more huge stops. And even on the power play, you had Isaac Lundestrom out there on the power play along with Chris Mueller, Kiefer Sherwood, Maxime Comtois and Josh Mahura on that power play unit. And later Troy Terry would be on that power play. And they got their shots on goal. San Diego had 19 shots on goal in the third period. But it was all Aiden Hill. It was his game. He had a spectacular stop. This might have been one of my favorite saves of the season. Where Aiden Hill... You know, he was a dead man walking. He was left out to dry completely in that third period. Uh, This was a shot by Justin Kloos that looked like it was going in. And Aiden Hill, 
he stopped it right on the line using his stick. His stick was parallel to the red line. The puck was right there on the line. Aiden Hill dove to his right, stopped it with one of the best saves you will ever see. And the crowd was going completely nuts because everybody thought that puck was going in and it just did not. So Aiden Hill had a highlight reel save to to preserve the two-goal lead. That would end up being the final score. 3-1, to one, Aiden Hill. He was just a beast. He had 39 saves on 40 shots. And there were a ton, a ton of high-danger chances for San Diego. Um, the goals could have easily won that game if not for the even better play of Aiden Hill. That was one of the best goaltending performances I've ever seen him perform in his time in Tucson. I'll give him credit. That was Aiden Hill's game. He deserved that victory. And you could tell. As soon as the final horn sounded. He was so pumped up. He was jumping up and down. He was celebrating like they had just won a playoff series. So he knew it was his game. He knew it was a big one. Because Tucson needed a quality win. Against the San Diego team. Who had beaten them already twice this year. So San Diego's win streak. Would stop at five games. But I got to give Tucson credit. They played their game. Aiden Hill was solid. Best goalie performance I've seen probably all season long. Coming up after the second intermission, a small commentary piece. On Monday, January 20th, the Ontario Reign played the Bakersfield Condors in an afternoon game on Martin Luther King Day. Why am I talking about this game even though this is a Ducks podcast and this is normally locked on goals? Well, the goals and the rain play in the same division. In fact, they both play in the American Hockey League. So I thought I would talk about this game in particular because I also happened to be present at that game. It was a Monday afternoon game. There was no Ducks hockey, no goals hockey. So I was at Toyota Arena for this game. During the second period, there was an unfortunate incident that happened between Brandon Manning and Bokonji Imama, or known by his teammates and the fans as Boko Imama. There was an incident about midway through the second where both players had a heated exchange, and unfortunately, Brandon Manning was seen, I guess for lack of better words, insulting Boko Imama in a way that really insulted Boko. Here's a statement from the league. I'll give statements first, then I'll give my thoughts. Uh, Boko was called a racial slur. It was really bad. Um, I won't say exactly what was said, but I will just suffice it to say that it was pretty bad. So here's what the league had to say regarding this. The American Hockey League today announced that Bakersfield Condors defenseman Brandon Manning has been suspended for five games as a consequence of his actions in a game at Ontario on January 20th. Manning was suspended after being assessed a game misconduct under the provisions of AHL Rule 23.9 for use of a racial slur towards an opponent. And on that rulebook, uh, 23.9 does say that it is a game no matter what. And under the second part, so it is 23.9 uh, parentheses to, and that states that a player can be kicked out for using any kind of racial slur. And this happened in the midst of a pretty big brawl that was going on between both teams. 
And when Boko heard this slur, that's where he got really upset, and now we know why. And even going into the penalty box, you know, we knew that Boko was really upset. And to quote Dave Joseph from the All the King's Men podcast, uh, Boko was heard saying, you don't say that stuff. You don't say that kind of stuff. Um, if you haven't had a listen to that, if you're a Kings fan and you heard that, you know, that's what we know from the penalty box. Again, I won't specify any more, but it was bad. It was really bad. And there's no place. Actually, you know, what? I will give my comments afterwards. I want to give the two, I guess, statements. First, I'll give a statement from the Bakersfield Condors themselves. This is a statement from assistant GM Keith Gretzky. Quote, we are aware of an unacceptable comment directed toward an Ontario Reign player by Bakersfield Condors defenseman Brandon Manning during last night's game. This is a very serious matter. We are disappointed by Brandon's comment and we fully support the American Hockey League's decision. The Oilers and Condors organizations wholeheartedly believe in a respectful workplace and will work to better educate our players on appropriate conduct on and off the ice. End quote. And that is from Keith Gretzky, the general manager of the Condors and assistant GM of the Oilers. And now we'll get to the players themselves. Here's a quote from Brandon Manning. Quote, Last night I made comments to an opposing player that were stupid and offensive. After the game, I spoke with the opposing player in person, which I'm very grateful for. He allowed me to apologize and I took full responsibility for what I said. To say I've learned from this situation is an understatement, and I promise to be better, end quote. Now, fans were clamoring for Boko to say something, and it wasn't until yesterday that Boko finally released a statement about it, and he didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to do this, but he did share this statement, so buckle up. Quote, I have taken some time to reflect on what transpired on the ice against Bakersfield Monday night. What happened is unfortunate for everyone. No matter how intense or heated a game gets, there is no room for this in our game and no excuse. I am very proud to be an African-Canadian hockey player and to stand for all other players that are in the same situation as me. I would like to thank the LA Kings and Ontario Reign, Edmonton Oilers, and Bakersfield Condors for their professionalism in helping me handle this situation. Last but not least... I cannot thank my family and friends for their continued love and support. At this time, I will not make any further statements or comments, and I would very much appreciate if those wishes were respected. End quote. So let's really dissect on these statements. Keith Gretzky had his pretty usual statement there, you know, pretty standard. You know, this is fully supporting the AHL's decision to suspend Manning for five games. That's fine. Uh, Brandon Manning's statement was a bit interesting. He knows it was dumb of him to say what he said. And it's good that he got to apologize to Boko face-to-face. So he was very grateful for that. Brandon Manning knows he was in the wrong. Does that necessarily, I guess, excuse him from saying that? Absolutely not. It's still horrible what he said. It's horrible for any athletes to make these kind of racist ugly comments towards another player and I think five games it's maybe not enough there could have been a longer suspension there I mean five is not small 
I don't know if it's a big enough suspension, but it is not a small suspension. That could have easily gone 8 to 10 games, in my opinion. But, you know, hearing those kind of comments, it's just unacceptable to hear that. You know, racial and other language that is discriminatory, it needs to be removed from hockey because we've seen this multiple times this season. We obviously had the reports of coaches having racial epithets towards other players and those coaches getting fired. Uh, Brandon Manning, he was in the news not long ago for injuring Connor McDavid. So he's already not liked by some in the hockey community, right? And I know there are some that are completely zero tolerance that Manning should be completely kicked out of the league. Is it worth it to ruin an entire man's career? No, he knows he was wrong, all right? And finally, going into Boko's comment, he's proud of his heritage. You know, his family emigrated here from the Democratic Republic of Congo. He's born in Canada. He's a first-generation Canadian. Uh, His parents both emigrated here when he was a kid, and Boko had the chance to really, you know, develop his game in Canada. So, you know, good for him to say what he said. He knows that it was horrible what happened. He knows it's unfortunate. And, you know, you could tell when he said there is no room for this in our game and no excuse. It was, I guess, to put it best, a muted, angry response. Not really angry, but it was there was some muted tension there. Boko said what he had to say without being too, I guess, pissed off. Look, Boko, Boko heard what he heard. All right, And he knows there's no excuse for it. And you could tell that Boko was still upset about it. Even in the penalty box, you know, Boko told Manning, you know, you don't say that kind of stuff. You don't say that stuff. And you're right. You do not say racist comments or racial slurs towards another player, no matter what color they are. It is not cool at all. You know, some people saying five games is not enough. Some people saying five is plenty, you know. But if we don't allow people like Manning to learn from their mistakes, then are we really helping them in the long run? You know, we can't just become this angry mob that's going to just, you know, completely demoralize a player because, you know, of a racial comment. I get that. I I see both sides of it. I see the side where you have to get rid of him for making those comments, but I see the other side where, you know, five games is maybe not enough, but you know, he is suspended, he will come back, and he will learn from this. And we hope that he will learn from this. So I'm trying to be as diplomatic as possible when it comes to this kind of situation, particularly because I happen to be at present at that game. And, you know, it's it's a mystery to me why we keep seeing this happen. I mean, it's not so much a mystery. I can kind of gather why we're still seeing this. But racism in hockey is something that has to go away. These kind of nasty comments should absolutely go away and have no place in our fair game of hockey. And that is what I have to say about the incident at Toyota Arena on Monday. And it's a shame that this had to happen right before the All-Star break at the arena where the All-Star game is taking place. And on Martin Luther King Day of all days, we're talking about a day where Martin, where we celebrate Dr. King's, you know, I guess striving towards being united and then you have this incident happen on mlk day 
you talk about uniting everyone together. And this is the complete opposite of that. You know, Brandon Manning's comments were uncalled for, just completely uncalled for. And he should be suspended for that. And he should be suspended a long time. But we have to hope that he learns from this. And we have to hope that this kind of racism goes away in the game. That's really all I'm going to say about that. Again, being as diplomatic as possible. And with that, I will just simply say that you can hear this or any of the previous shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me at StimpyJD. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Ducks. We'll be back tomorrow with a special guest, and we'll have some more about the AHL. And we'll have at least one special guest on tomorrow's podcast. And then we'll also have a podcast over the weekend talking about and previewing the AHL All-Star Classic. And then we'll have some more coverage of the American Hockey League's All-Star festivities starting this weekend. So keep an eye out for that. For Locked On Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. I'll see you at the rink and stay classy, San Diego.